I'm sick and tired. I'm fed up. I'm getting, you know, I've had it up to here with it. I've had it up to here with this city, with Washington, D.C., this swamp, the toxic, dark energy that permeates the atmosphere around here. And I want out. I've been here a decade. I want to get out. And that's why this December, I am taking the entire Pozo family, and we are going to Phoenix, Arizona for a week. It is December um, 18th to the 21st is America Fest. We're going to be there the entire week. It's actually my birthday week. Bringing myself, AJ, Tanya Tay, Jack Jack. We're going to bring everybody there. Uh, hopefully, I'm trying to bring my parents and her parents. We just want we want to get out. We don't want to be in D.C. We want to spend some time in Phoenix. Go see some great people. And by the way, this America Fest thing, it is taking off. So if you want to come out, if you want to see us, maybe the kids will be around. I don't know. Uh, we certainly had the kids at uh, a turning point events in the past. So, you know, if we see us walking around, feel free to say hi and grab a selfie or something. But if you want to go there and you want to be a part of this, you got to go. TurningPointUSA.com. Get your tickets today for America Fest. Use promo code POSO, P-O-S-O, all caps, up to 25% off. Because please, and I'm, I'm telling you guys, don't come to me. Don't come to me when this thing is closed. There's so many different tickets available. There's students, there's VIPs, there's adults, there's parents, and there's discounts, by the way, seniors, veterans, and of course, the first responders. So your police, law enforcement, et cetera, firefighters, will get you in, we'll take care of it, EMTs as well, the whole nine yards. Go to AmericaFest, uh, tbosa.com slash AmericaFest. You are going to love it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Top stories today. Liberal mega donor Pierre Omidyar has been exposed and revealed as financing the Facebook whistleblower operation. Next, a shade war update. Kamala Harris stepping out on her own. Third, the Taiwanese chip giant that is opening a $12 billion plant. Where? Phoenix, Arizona. And finally, Project Veritas, the New Jersey governor, imposing statewide COVID vax mandate following elections. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So the Facebook whistleblower operation, and I call it an operation because ladies and gentlemen, that's what it is. What you're seeing is not a whistleblower. And I've said this for weeks. In fact, I think I said it on day one when she had to sit down with 60 Minutes. A normal whistleblower is someone who's coming out and presenting information of nefarious purpose from inside the organization. They're not someone who agrees with the policies and precepts of the institution. She's coming out and saying, I want Facebook to censor more, to shut down the algorithm, to shut down conservatives, to shut down people who love America, to shut down people who have orthodox uh, Christian values, right? Just traditional Christian values. She wants to shut it all down. That's what she's arguing for, more government control. And she's testifying in front of the U.S. Congress, and now she's testifying over in the EU. The story I broke, actually, on this program a few weeks ago. And I said, that's what's going on. I said, look, she's using the PR firm that Jen Psaki just came from, and she's using the same legal team as Eric Charamella, the former CIA whistleblower. You, when you see all that, you have to ask what's going on, who's paying the bills. Well, now we know. And this, by the way, comes out of Politico, of all places. 
And, and I love how they do this. It's such a hagiography. The tech billionaire aiding the Facebook whistleblower. Support from eBay founder turned tech critic Pierre Omidyar is helping Francis Haugen take on the world's most powerful company. So who is Pierre Omidyar? Pierre Omidyar is the left-wing mega-billionaire mega-donor. He was the founder of eBay, and he's the starter of the Omidyar Network. The Omidyar Network works with people like Bill Kristol, himself a neoconservative, uh, you know, huge pro-war guy, war in Afghanistan, war in Middle East guy, who wants the Atlantic Council and others to be in charge of who gets to censor who on Facebook. He's donated to tons of far left organizations, the Tides Foundation, Open Society Foundation. This guy is at the top of so many of these things. So take a look to Frances Haugen and her most recent testimony when you understand where the money is coming from. Anger and hate is the easiest way to grow on Facebook. There's something called virality hacking, where you figure out all the tricks on how to optimize Facebook. And good actors, good publishers, are already publishing all the content they can, they can do. But bad actors have an incentive to uh, play the algorithm. And they, they figure out all the ways to optimize Facebook. And so the current system is biased towards bad actors and biased towards people who push to people to the extremes. <clears throat> an ad that gets more engagement is a cheaper ad. We have seen that it, over and over again in Facebook's research, it is easier to provoke people to anger than to empathy or compassion. And so we are literally subsidizing hate on these platforms. It is cheaper substantially to run an angry, hateful, divisive ad than it is to run a compassionate, empathetic ad. You're right. I mean, Facebook didn't invent hate, but do you think it's making hate worse? Unquestionably, it's making hate worse. Thank you. Facebook has demonstrated they cannot act independently. Facebook over and over again has shown it chooses profit over safety. It is subsidizing, it is paying for its profits with our safety. I'm hoping that this will have had a big enough impact on the world that they get the fortitude and the motivation to actually go put those regulations into place. That's my hope. Now, interestingly enough, Glenn Greenwald over his Substack has an article up about this as well. And it's interesting because Glenn is somebody who used to be at The Intercept. He, of course, was the founder of The Intercept, but many people don't realize this. The Intercept, back, all the way back in 2013, was originally set up as a publisher with financing from the very same Pierre Omidyar. So what happened? Glenn Greenwald saw the shift away from transparency and away from an open internet that was actually exposing real whistleblowers towards a political bent and regime enforcement. That's what Omidyar is doing now. So Glenn Greenwald left The Intercept. They had a huge public breakup, and now he is speaking out, not necessarily against The Intercept and against his work, but against Omidyar and exposing what was going on. And he says this, it's unsurprising to learn, as Politico reported last Wednesday, that the major financial supporter of Facebook whistleblower Francis Haugen's sprawling PR and legal network was none other than the billionaire founder of eBay, Pierre Omidyar. Ladies and gentlemen, when you see one of these political operations, know it is, see it, understand it, and make sure that you never go along with one of these ridiculous psychological political operations. So finally, finally, something that we've been telling you here at Human Events Daily all along 
is being reported on in the mainstream media. They are catching up finally to where Human Events Daily, Turning Point Live, and the rest have been the entire time. And it's, it's basically simple, folks. It's as simple as this. We do our homework, right? We have real sources and a great source network. I've been in DC for a decade, if you can believe it. And I sleep every night on the Giza Dream Sheets, the Mattress Topper, and of course, the MyPillow is available from MyPillow.com, 66% off with promo code POSO. I'm serious, we actually do sleep on them. But the Daily Mail is actually out today. Listen to this, they're out today with a new headline. Kamala distances herself from Joe Biden. The number of events they attend together plummets as former advisor realizes the vice president is unhappy not to have all-star portfolios and instead told to fix the border crisis. Biden and Harris held 38 events together in February, but Kamala Harris's public events with Biden have been limited to just one event in September and one event in October. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why it is now time for what we like to call, and we're gonna do it again, the Shade War Update. And I love this line right here. A White House official told DailyMail.com that the pair lunch together weekly. Oh, they lunch together. That's so sweet, isn't that sweet? It's nice they lunch together, just like an old married No, we can all see this for what it is. The White House is split into two teams, and I've been reporting this since day one of this administration. There is Team Kamala and Team Biden. Team Biden is trying to throw Kamala Harris under the bus every chance they get, but they're having trouble because now she's got the upper hand because let's face it, Joe Biden, the president, is not doing well. You saw this town hall, he barely made it through. Notice that after the town hall that President Biden just had, only right-wing or conservative accounts, conservative media was even talking about it. Mainstream media, corporate media, didn't even touch it. You only had independent media, like Human Events Daily, that even covered this town hall. There's a reason for that. There's a big reason for that. The decline is real. And now, Kamala Harris is stepping out on her own. She hired the strategic comms director, and she is out giving speeches, she's doing meetings, she's going to Paris. Now, that being said, I don't know that her speeches are all quite going that well. Let's take a listen to the one that she gave just last week. The members of the United States Congress, right now in their hands, within reach, have an opportunity to lift up our families and our children, to see and acknowledge with humility what has not been working and with excitement to do something about it. So I'm here today to ask people to see this moment for what it is and to step up. We can do this. It is the right thing to do. So, we can all see that Kamala Harris, she's not quite there yet, but it doesn't matter. If Joe Biden is unable to serve out the rest of his term, and they wanna keep him there at least through midterms, they wanna keep him there at least through midterms, then Kamala Harris is going to become 
the first female president of the United States of America. Embrace it. Embrace it. This is who you're going to have. That's her. Now keep in mind, she may not be the quickest on her feet. I'll give her that. But her political instincts are very ambitious. She went from being a staffer in San Francisco to becoming the district attorney, then later the attorney general of California, senator from California, and now vice president of the United States. A position higher than anything Hillary Clinton ever was able to achieve. She, her highest ranked secretary of state. So I'm just I'm calling this out from the situation of she is playing the game, playing the inside game, and look at where she's come. She's also talking, by the way, I don't think anyone else has reported this yet, so this will be a human events exclusive, that Kamala Harris is also talking about publicly pushing for another stimulus check to go out to help with the inflation that's going on. Uh, the number that has been discussed that I've heard is $1,500. Because she understands that inflation is hitting. You had MSNBC even admitting earlier today that this is going to be the most expensive Thanksgiving in American history. Build back better. Yeah, Joe Biden, I think you're more of like the build back boomer, okay? You're the build back boomer. Kamala Harris understands what's going on. She sees the opening, she sees the opportunity, her team sees the opportunity. They know that President Biden is flailing right now and they are doing everything they can to poise themselves to be the ones to step up, stand in the breach and enter the Oval Office. And she wants to sit behind that desk, mark my words. Now this is actually an excellent story and it couldn't come at a better time. The Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing company is opening a $12 billion plant in Phoenix, Arizona, just outside of Phoenix. Now CNBC got an interesting look inside that factory and the fabrication center. I wanna talk about why this matters. We've talked about the semiconductor shortage before and the importance of Taiwan as Silicon Valley West. Why they call Silicon Valley Silicon Valley? Literally because semiconductors are made of silicon. Just earlier this morning, Report out of Detroit, the global semiconductor shortage has continued to roil the auto industry. This week, Ford production is down in Kansas City and Louisville, while Kentucky truck and uh, Quotation Mexico assembly plants will remove a crew, right? The semiconductor shortage out of Taiwan is causing our auto companies to not be able to manufacture cars. Now, those semiconductors, which of course become a huge part of the strategic uh, geopolitical situation vis-a-vis -vis the island of Taiwan and why China wants it. You know, people have referred to this and sometimes as a silicon shield. This is a major breakthrough that we're bringing the semiconductors, a national security industry back to the United States of America. And of course, this is a deal that came out during the previous administration in the White House, hugely brought together between Taiwan and US officials. So take a look at this new video inside the plant itself. Chips are in everything, and they've been in short supply since just a few months into the pandemic last year. That's why it's been hard to buy everything from cars to PS5s. Turns out one company makes 24% of all the world's chips and more than 90% of the most advanced ones, the smallest, fastest chips used in today's iPhones, supercomputers, and automotive AI. 
Heck, we even have product that's landed on the last uh, Mars launch that are taking pictures of Mars. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, or TSMC, is not a household name, but it's quietly making chips for every new iPhone, U.S. fighter jets, the highest-end processors, you name it. And now it's investing $100 billion over three years to ramp up production amid the shortage. The combined output of what we're doing is in excess of 12 million wafers a year. But the world's massive reliance on TSMC may also leave the global chip supply vulnerable to earthquakes, drought, and geopolitical tensions with China. It's become almost a monopoly at the leading edge, and all of those manufacturing operations, for the most part, are out of Taiwan, Pinchu. That becomes a matter of national importance for, for the United States, but not only the United States, but the Western world. TSMC almost always keeps its production sites closed to U.S. video crews, until now. The total crop space for this fab is around 2.3 million square foot. The U.S. was the birthplace of advanced silicon, but for decades now, it's been losing market share to Asia, where 75 percent of chip production happens now. TSMC is now bringing the world's most advanced chip making back to the U.S. with a $12 billion fabrication plant, or FAB, in the middle of the Arizona desert. It's going to be, when it gets introduced uh, to production in 2024, the most advanced technology manufactured in the United States. We got an exclusive tour of the FAB site in northern Phoenix to get the truth about the secretive Taiwanese company and why the world's largest contract chip maker is bringing bleeding edge chip manufacturing back to U.S. soil. And it really is as simple as that, folks. It doesn't matter which party does this. What matters is bringing American jobs back to the United States bringing and building a manufacturing base where that wealth and then the secondary and tertiary economic effects of that wealth are able to support American businesses, American workers, and everyone else. The actual, actually, in the original um, press release for this, it said the Phoenix Project is projected to create about 1,900 new jobs over five years. This is the model, folks. This is the model bring strategic manufacturing back to the United States, open it up, give them whatever they need. This is how you decouple, this is how you get mainland China out of the supply chain, break the chain with China. Vaccine mandates and the freedom flu. We just got word, breaking news, right before we went to film today, that a business group has gone to Joe Biden, President Biden, and said, we would like you to push back the vaccine mandates until after Christmas and New Year's. Another win for the freedom flu. Another win against these vaccine mandates, breaking the back of medical tyranny. Now listen to the new leaked footage, bombshell out of Project Veritas in the Garden State, the state of New Jersey. The independent deciders would not vote for him if he did the bandit. Because they're into all the sh My rights, my sh Once you know we have a win, it's like, all right, guns blazing, like who cares? I mean, let's do the mandates, let's do this, the Project Veritas has obtained hidden camera recordings inside Governor Phil Murphy's campaign, including from a senior advisor who admits to hiding information from voters until after the election in order to appeal to undecided and moderate voters. Pero, ¿cómo así lo mandates? 
las vaccine mandates, como California, que está el mandato es que todo el mundo tiene que tener la vacuna. Eh, lo va a hacer, pero no puede hacer, no podía hacerlo antes de la elección. Exacto. Porque, Porque si lo, no se tira todo lo independent y lo undecided. Uh -huh. The independent decided would not vote for him if he did the vandal. Because they're into all that shit. My rights, my shit. And they don't care that they kill everybody. Well, that's, see, that's good to know then. That after he wins, then he'll do the mandates. The vaccine mandates. He will. But right now it's about him winning. It'll be, it'll be fine. This appears to be a top-down understanding. Matthew Urquillo, a manager for New Jersey Forward, which is a campaign project funded by the Democratic State Committee of New Jersey, he echoes the same sentiment. Do you think he'll do something about that, like the vaccine mandates and stuff? I think so. I think the problem is right now, because it's election season, he's not going to have people say, like, we're going to have a mandate now. You know, stuff's, for some people, it's going to piss them off. I think once you know we have a win, it's like, all right, Guns blazing, like who cares? I mean, let's do the mandates, let's do this, the X, Y. So you think if he talks about mandates for vaccines now, he won't get elected because it's a lot of pushback? But I think there's some people that, you know, will might push back. If politicians stood as firmly behind their stances as we're led to believe, then why do they feel the need to hide this information from voters? We look forward to hearing from the Phil Murphy campaign and we look forward to releasing the next installment inside of Phil Murphy's campaign very soon. So you listen to that. The governor knows that the vaccine mandates are unpopular, but who cares about all those rights and all that stuff, as his advisor says there? Who cares? Who cares about your rights? Who cares about your rights as an American citizen? Well, the answer is, under the Constitution, you are supposed to care. You either fight for them or they will be taken away. It's really as simple as that. And I don't care, by the way, if they're taken away by government or if they're taken away by corporations like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and everyone else. It doesn't matter. Your rights are your rights, period. They come from who? Your creator. That's in our founding document. But it's up to us to fight to preserve them or we will lose them. It's as simple as that. Your religious freedom, your freedom of speech, your freedom of assembly. Fight for them or they will be taken away by people like this. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching us again. And by the way, from the bottom of my heart, I need to announce just a huge thank you and to let everybody know that yes, we did break 1 million downloads in six weeks yesterday, just a couple of minutes after we uploaded the podcast yesterday, we broke 1 million downloads, six weeks. Thank you. Just, just thank you so much from literally from the bottom of my heart. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm floored. And I think it's a testament to this audience. I think it's a testament to you. And I think it, it just makes me want to live up to our motto even more to be good, be brief, be gone. That's our motto, our promise to you. But before I go, it's time for today's moment of history. Today's moment in history, 2001, George W. Bush, President Bush, signed the Patriot Act. Now, libertarians at the time warned us. They said they are going to take your civil liberties away. And people said, ah, don't worry about it. Well, guess what? They were right. Defend your rights, roll this stuff back, or it will all be taken away by tyrants. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.